Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. As always, thank you for your love and support. I couldn't do this show without you. I wanted to jump on here before we get into our main topic of the episode and just share a few key points that I feel are important and that you, the listener, uh, could use. One of the first things is suicide is not an easy topic to discuss. However, my full intention with this episode and the previous episode when I did the loud silence was to completely just inform and also share resources and steps to watch and help maybe you or somebody you know that's struggling with this. It's such a debated topic, and it's such an uncomfortable topic, but it needs to be addressed. And my only intention is to help you out with it and help you understand that there are people that love you and people that want to listen to your story. You have a voice for a reason. Use it. If you're struggling, do not hesitate to reach out to somebody. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a pastor or a counselor. If you feel uncomfortable going to somebody in person, there is a number you can text, 988. You text 988, and it will get you to somebody who can help you in your certain situation. It doesn't reach out to first responders or local law enforcement, a police officer, or anyone won't show up at your door. It's you and another person one-on-one over the phone to talk about whatever it is you're going through. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Whatever you're going through, whether it's a breakup, maybe it's a loss, maybe you lost a job, maybe you had a bad day, maybe somebody said something to you. It doesn't matter. You have the right to be heard and you have the right to to talk it out with somebody. And it's so much more important to talk it out than go to the alternative route. If you also need a call or you know somebody that's struggling with something, you can call the suicide hotline. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. If you're looking to contribute or maybe want to help with suicide prevention, you want to think, if you're thinking about it and go, hey, I want to help out, what can I do to contribute? Go to ASP.AFSP.org and fill out a volunteer application. There's so many opportunities and there's so many ways that you can reach out and contribute to the organization. They do such great work. I've had the opportunity and the privilege to do my first volunteer event a couple weeks ago. And we got to meet different people and share information. It's such a uncomfortable topic, as I said, an uncomfortable subject. But there's too many people out there that are going through something alone. And they don't deserve that. We all deserve to be heard. So once again, text the word talk or 988 or call 1-800-273-8255 if you need to reach out to somebody and talk or you know somebody does please reach out don't be afraid to ask for help that number's there for a reason there are people in your life that love you and i hope that this has helpful and again if you want to look into afsp.org to volunteer Or just go on their website and browse it, look at what they offer, look at what contributions they make and what they do to help fight this horrible, horrible disease of suicide. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and I hope it's full of information that can help you. Today we're going to be discussing how social media plays a massive role in that decision and how social media can be harmful and what ways we could do better at being careful of how we communicate and how we present our words on the public platform. 
I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Be sure to like and follow on Spotify, and be sure to follow on social media. All right, so um, for this interview, well, it's actually not really an interview. It's more of a session. Um, I actually didn't plan on doing a part two for this topic, but when I did the first one, I had kind of quite a bit of feedback. And most thing that I got back was people appreciate a lot of just the boldness. Um, and they appreciated that I was kind of willing to dive deep into this subject and be more authentic about it because if we're being honest, it's not really, it's not really an easy topic to talk about. And it's so broad that, I mean, I could probably make this entire podcast off of it. Um, and there's just so many stories and, and so many experiences that people can share. And so when I planned on doing this week's episode, I didn't know really what to do. And then I thought about it. I was like, what if we kind of went a step further with this topic? And um, I'm glad you're here to do it because it's so hard to do it alone. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad that you, you decided that you wanted to help me with it. So thank you for doing that. Um, so for today's topic, uh, for part two, we're kind of going to just kind of break down what social media is doing since it started and where it's come so far and kind of the good and the bad. You know, we hear a lot about it from either church or our social group. You know, we talk about how social media is this big, you know, monster and it can cause so many problems. But I think there's there's always two sides to a story. And hopefully with this episode, we could help a lot of people kind of distinguish the good, the bad, and kind of the meet in the middle to how we could do better on portraying ourselves on social media, what words we use, and what we share, what we post, and what we follow. Um, that could you know, help other people maybe not spiral into that depression, that, you know, that kind of slumped over mentality. Um, what, for you, what, what does social media, I guess that's the first question to ask, what's social media for you? When you hear that word, what's the first thing you think of? Uh, one of the first things I think of is like Facebook and just, it used to be a big thing for me. I would, um, get on and I would spend hours scrolling on it and obsessing over what my friends are doing or what, a, or what this celebrity was doing and, um, would really let it affect my mentality as to this particular person is doing all these things. Why, why can't I do that? Why am I not there with my life yet? Why is it taking me so long to get to that point? Or this person has this thing, you know, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I want that now. Yeah. And, but with my job, I'll never be able to afford it or I'll never, I'll never get it. And it just led into this spiraling of, oh, go who poor me, basically. You know, now it's a way for me to get on and like 
see what my mom's doing. Or right. See what a family member's doing and like sharing cute pictures. You graduate of my to the kids. stocking. Yeah, I've, stocking. I've graduated to yeah to that part of it. But you know, it's so crazy because my first episode I did, I actually um, was kind of basing it off this uh, horrible, horrible event of this little girl who was getting bullied at school and, and the video got posted on TikTok and because of that resulted her in, in taking her own life. And it's, it's kind of the main basis of why people choose this route. And, yeah. you know, it, people have the power to plaster your faults, your, 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 your flaws, you know, we hear about when this influential person, you know, messes up. We hear about the bad that when they go south and then they, they make a bad decision. It's the first thing that we see. Yeah. It, it's the press make sure they're on top of it. Even us, you know, you could walk out your door and do something and, and you'll have 100 people swarming you with cameras in front of your face. You know, so it's really the basis of, of this, this epitome of, insecurity and it, it plays in your head i feel like for me it plays in my head as as a as a movie you know it, it, it's over and over and you'll never you know unsee it and once it's out there it's out there you, yeah. you can't unsee it you can't delete it you can go to the depths of, of data numbers and credit and you can't delete it you can't get rid of it it's always out there somewhere. Exactly. So how can us, I'm talking about me, you, and everybody, how can we be better at what we share and, and what we promote when it comes to mental health crisis? You know, what, what can we do better? And, and one of the main things in, in my research, as I found, is spreading positivity because we need more of that than anything. When I see something on, on TikTok or Facebook and somebody's doing something nice or something, someone's doing something that's positive, it, it really does give me that hope. But then the next post is, there is a shooting here. This person did this. This Something happened. Yeah. So it's like a, a roller coaster of emotions. And I wonder all the time, and I, I ask myself this, and I wonder other people, are we really mentally capable of handling this overload of information? Is the, is it too much? You know, we have so many social media platforms. We have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have TikTok, we got Snapchat, we got Instagram. There's so many more. Uh, is it an overload? When does, when does enough become enough? Because at some point you have to think, you know, are when we get back to the basis of just picking up a book and reading a book, you know, right? there's some days that I want to do that and you can't get away from it. And I, I really, my heart is really just right now and, and focusing on, you know, with, with suicide prevention and, and I think the best thing way thing is just to get away from it. Yeah, it's hard to, but there is really your hands aren't tied with it. You you have a choice. You can put the phone down. You can shut the laptop. You can open your notebook and, and write out and, and journal. And that's what I've been doing more of. 
and I highly encourage listeners to do that also. Um, I was reading on a, an article about how it was saying um, almost 90% of young teenagers from 13 to 17 years old have social media. Yeah. At 13 years old, uh, I can tell you that I was mowing lawns. <laughs> I was riding horses. I was uh, slinging hay bales. I wasn't thinking about my social circle and building it there. Oh, I didn't even have a phone yet when I was 13. My first phone actually was at 17 years old, and it was one of those you had to put time on it. Yeah. So I wonder, like, what are these parents thinking also? What are these parents – are they just handing this thing out like it's just a candy bar, you know? Here, everybody else has it. You have it too. In all honesty, based off of – because – me being a mom, I'm around a lot of other parents through my kids' sports and whatever else. I've found that because of the way – is it still recording? Yeah. Because of the way that um, our generation was raised, because our parents were the first generation where both parents were working. Oh. And so we weren't actually, like, raised, raised the way they had been raised. And so our generation has like no idea how to parent at all. We don't know what we're doing. Not to say that anybody actually really does. Yeah, no. But I've noticed that phones and, and tablets and everything else, it's literally just like a way to get kids to leave the parents alone because they've had this long day at work or they're stressed about this or they're stressed about that and they just can't handle this small person demanding all of their other time that they consider to be their downtime because they've been at work all this time so they just hand them a phone and or a tablet and or say go watch tv get away from me basically is what i've noticed and so instead of you know, doing hands-on things and drawing pictures, playing catch and playing with toys or doing a tea party with your daughters or something like that. We're just handing them these devices that have access to all of, to some of the most horrendous things they could possibly get their hands on at that age. And we're just so stressed and just need a minute to breathe that we never once stop and think, oh, that's probably not a good idea. That's a good that's a good point. I think it's handing them a life, honestly, in a phone. It's a life that here's what you could be doing, but you're not because I'm too busy. Yeah. I'm too busy making the next payment and making that next paycheck, which I'm not downing any, any parents or single parents who work hard. That's not at all what I'm doing. No, no, but, no. important is making that time said hey go look at everybody else's life what they're doing what they're doing to succeed and other parenting when you get your advice from the internet even for adults you're always going to come across what people want you to hear 
or maybe what worked in their situation, but you're never going to find what's going to work for you or what you parenting 101 isn't let me go to my Facebook group and ask, how do I raise my kid? Yeah. You know, um, let me Google how to deal with a teenager with, you know, depression, you know, how do I, you know, what, but it's really kind of experiencing it and it's really kind of, you know, making mistakes with your kids and, and even for young adults too. I'm an introvert. Um, it takes a lot for me to get out. And at some point in my life, you know, you're going to get hurt. Your friends, people will say the wrong thing. People do, you know, people mess up. One thing that I've learned is that if you allow one relationship and its flaws to define the rest of your path and the rest of your life, the relationships, if you choose to go about it with that mentality and what happened to you in that specific situation, you're going to be miserable your entire life. You're going to be depressed your entire life. So, and this is really kind of hitting home with a lot of young people starting at 12, even 10, 11 in in that teenage years. And people even tell me, you know, I read something. It's like when you're 20 years old to 25, um, you're always thinking you're late for something. It's so yes. true. Yes, it you is. Know, always, you're always thinking you're late. You're rushing around. You're trying to, if I don't get there on time, because we live in a world that's so full of critics. And it's like, well, you were late. You were this, you're that. Because of one opportunity or one episode, it's now kind of stamped on you. So we, we live our lives right now from 20 to 25, even over that. We're always in a rush. We're always trying to get to our jobs and make clock in on time, you know, make that next dollar. And when we choose to set aside our, our mental health and we choose to set aside, you know, our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions, those things start to kind of unravel in different ways, in different moments. And what do we do? I, I find myself all the time. I get into a social circle. I'll get into a place I don't know. And the first thing I do is I pull my phone out and look at it because it's my getaway. It's my getaway. Seriously. It's like, oh, when I don't know anybody here, I don't talk to anybody here. Let me go to my phone because my phone knows me, you know? So, right. but there has to be a point where you kind of have to break out of your shell a little bit, you know, and, and, I'm working on this too, is like turn to the person next to you and you know, check in on them. You know, I'm, I'm working on that at work. You know, I'll go up to somebody at work and just be like, hey, how are you doing? You know, and check in on them, ask if they need help. Because it's so it's so important. And right now, you know, if we're handing a teenager a phone, we're robbing them of that skill. Yeah. I think it's a very important skill. And we're robbing them of it. And we're, we're saying, you know what, instead of talking to your friend, text them, call them. Check yeah. in on their social media, stock their social media page instead of just saying what's going on, you know, ask them how you're doing. I couldn't live my life through that. I mean, I hear, I see memes on Facebook and TikTok. It's like, why would you call me when you can just text me? Or why did you bring us into a meeting when this could have been an email? But in reality, in all seriousness, I love having meetings with my boss. 
when my boss brings us all to me, even if it is to chew us out, I love it because there's something about looking someone in the eye and hearing it straight from them. I feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's different. My mom tells me that all the time. She's like, you can't really tell through that through text. Like, I'll text my mom. She's like, you can't really. She'll assume you have an attitude with me or, you know, it's like, no, I really don't. I don't, you know, like, she's like, well, you really can't tell with the text. I'm like, well, then answer the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you're grown and you don't need to answer your phone. Yeah. Um, That's something that I had been reading about, too, is that there's just social media and anything like texting and emailing and things like that there's so much that's just open for interpretation because you don't have the visual concept of the person that you're talking to you don't get to read their facial expressions or hear their tone of voice at exclamation point and now you're wondering does this mean that they're just excited does it mean that they're mad does it mean something else and you could take a, a sentence that's completely you know, just civil and innocent and turn it into something nasty in your mind and be thinking that they have an attitude and then that just spirals into this, well, why do they have an attitude? Why don't they like me? What did I do? No, now I'm mad at them because I think they're mad at me. Yeah. And it's just this ridiculous cycle. My mom, my mom is horrible about that. I'll text her and I've straight up almost refused to text her now. I'll be like, call me, please just call me because she'll do that. And then she holds a grudge if she thinks that I was mad at her or something. You know, the typical mom, don't have an attitude with me kind of thing. Like, I didn't go. (laughs) And then she'll be like, well, you have an attitude now because you're arguing with me. I'm like, mom, just call me, please. (laughs) It's, It's absolutely insane to me that the biggest wedge that can drive relationships and come in between relationships is a piece of technology. Yeah. And I was one of the websites that I was researching is what are ways that we can use social media to our advantage and in a better way. One of the things that says use social media to build your outside voice. Yeah. You know, in a world where we, we live into, we have the right to say something, we have the right to, people can take that, like we were just talking about, let's say I go on social media and I post something that is my right to think or my right to feel it could start a war, a total war on social media. Uh, And I think when we watch our wording and how we post and who our target is and our audience is, are we, are we saying something to stir the pot? Are we saying something because it's legitimately relevant? And are we trying not to hurt other people? Cause I think, you know, I'm just pulling this out of the air. Don't call me, but I think like 90% of posts and, and things that are said are meant to hurt. An opposite party. Honestly, that's that's really what it feels like. It's like I know that you don't aren't gonna like this, so I'm gonna I'm do gonna it anyways, it anyway. and I yeah. want to stir the pot. It's for attention, basically. And you know, when younger me had quite a bit of a temper, and I kind of had a problem with doing stuff like that sometimes. But now that I'm older, I really just think of, well, is this beneficial? You know, maybe my opinion. I personally think is legitimate but is it going to hurt somebody else by me stating this or is it gonna be constructive in some way and if it isn't either beneficial or constructive in some way then I just don't say it but you know not a lot of people 
or at that point yet where they have that self-control. And I think it goes back to what I was stating earlier too, is like, do we really have the mental capacity, even if we are older and we've had more experience, do we really have the mental capacity to rationally break down and understand what was doing? Personally, I don't really think that the our, our species as a whole does and i would honestly get rid of my social media if it wasn't you know if i didn't wasn't the way that my grandparents see pictures of their great grandkids and like a few of my friends are quite a bit younger than us even and the only way i can get a hold of them is through snapchat they will not text me back they will not call me back and so i'm like 90 percent of the reason i still have snapchat is because I need to get a hold of these crazy people. They, I, I gotta have this to be able to get them to answer. It, me. it boxes you in, kind of. It forces you. It's either I sacrifice the relationship, or I just kind of, you know, yeah. bite the bullet. You know. Um, I think also one of the other things I've researched. One of the things that popped up too is asking questions. Use social media to ask questions. Um. I don't think that people are as curious about things as they are as they were back then. I think people make more assumptions than they do. Well, everything is just at our fingertips. We're not openly curious about things anymore. We'll hear something that is mildly entertaining for a second. And we take it and run. And then we either Google it and think, hmm well, that didn't sound very interesting, and it's just on yeah. the back burner. Or we see some just insane little tidbit that 90% of the time isn't even remotely accurate, and we just run with it and make all of our own assumptions without any actual evidence or investigating or anything like that. And now we've got 50 different opinions on one thing because all these little people just ran with their own opinions. And it's insane. Yeah. You know, I am. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I cannot stand group chats. I can't <laughs> yeah, stand I can't them. I cannot either. do it. When I first met my wife, uh, we actually all were in a group chat. We were, it was me and like four other people. I absolutely hated it because I'd go to school and go to my classes and like eight hours later, I'd look at my phone and it's just blown up with group chats. And messages and memes and I was just like I can't do with this and then if somebody says something wrong then that person leaves the chat you know yeah. so I, I can't stand it and we we need to be more careful on how we present and what I was saying earlier too is like knowing your audience like who you're talking to you know if you know that somebody struggles with their identity or they're struggling with who they are maybe they're they're confused or they don't know or they haven't come to terms with it and we say something that kind of targets that part of them i think we're setting up something and starting a snowball that's just gonna capsize you know and i think that's a lot of why you know this is such a huge deal this is a literal nightmare is. is because we target people where it hurts the most and that's their identity that's their security because we're we're trying to get secure in ourselves. I believe that's the goal in life with a lot of people is that we're wanting to be secure in ourselves. And I don't think a lot of us actually reach that point, you know, fully. 
it no. takes a lot for us to get to where we just don't care. So we're every day we're we're trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to figure out what you know. So whether it's attacking you know your your past, your 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 background, your ethnic uh, back you know background. You know, when I was younger, I got targeted a lot because I am my skin color. You know, and that was the biggest thing too because I'm darker than a lot most Indians. And a lot of yeah. people would confuse me with, you know, African American. And I wouldn't be offended about it. But the way they would come at it, you know, would just be like, Oh, you're this. And I'm like, Well, don't just assume who I am. Ask me. Yeah. If you ask really want to know, ask me. You know, and I think that's like the basis. I think that's why we have like such a strong friendship. Is that if I want to know something, I ask you. Shut up. I'm like, and the same thing here, you know, and a lot of my friends too, they know where I'm coming at. I'm like, if I want to know something, I'm going to be straight up with you, you yeah. know? And I think we hide behind this like exterior of I'm safer assuming than, you know, cause I don't have the courage or I'm not, or I may not like the answer yeah. when I might find out about that person. Social media is like a giant shield to some people where they get to be this brave little person that, says all these mean things to make themselves feel better but it's not in person and right. so there's like no they feel like there's no consequences from it in the reality there is you know maybe not directly to yourself but the things that you make other people feel those are consequences from that but i definitely get what you're saying and you are right you you are very like you just ask the question <laughs> And sometimes I think that you're not 100% expecting just my blunt <laughs> answers. And I'm getting like, you. I'm getting that. I'm coming around to it. <laughs> but I want to let other people know, too, just it, whatever you whatever you say or whatever you post or whatever you allow in your family, too, to kind of spread around with, you know, social media and, and, and what they're looking at. Because there's things that your kids are probably looking at you have no idea. Yeah. I don't think parents For really get, sure. yeah. It is super, it's just, I remember from when I was, yeah, when I first got a phone and I should not have been looking at some of the stuff that I was looking at and uh, things have just gotten worse since then too. I I have a terrible, terrible story. I don't know <laughs> if I want to share it on here because I want to keep my listeners. Um, but I was, I know, so it was actually, it, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny because it kind of created this snowball in my life where it became a battle. But I went to Grayson Christian School up here, um, and I had never been introduced to the computer, and I, everything on school was online schooling. So um, I, um, I kind of just didn't know. I didn't know the roundabouts of how to work a computer. I didn't know how to. Um, navigated. I didn't know what the internet was. I was like, they sat us in front of them. I kid you not. They sat us in front of a computer for like eight hours. Why? Because it was all online. The only break you really had was lunch and then sports afterwards. And you sit a preteen at a computer for eight hours and has never had access to a computer. They're going to get exploratory, you know? And yeah. I remember my adopted mom having to come into the school one day and just rip me a new one because the teacher sold me out. <laughs> he was a snitch. <laughs> it was like, hey, he's been doing A, B, and C. And I remember my mom's just complete anger 
at the situation. And that's all I remember about it. You know, I look back and I obviously I laugh about it now because it was when I was a kid, you didn't know any better. But I remember my mom's like reaction and just complete outburst of anger towards it. And it was just like, you know, that's all I kind of remember was just her reaction and her, it was more of an overreaction. Yeah. It wasn't like it was, this is expected. We need to have a talk. It was just complete anger. I think that's, I'm not blaming her, but that also played a huge role into why it's still struggle for me today is that it wasn't in love. It wasn't, hey, we need to talk. Here's how we need to go about this. Here's what we can do to help you. It was more of, you know, point the finger. You shouldn't be dealing with this. is on, you know, outrageous. Yeah. I think a lot of that is, you know, because it's not in love, you know. Well, this is kind of going into like a slightly opposite direction, but I'd like to explore it for a second because that is, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. When parents go through and they shame their children instead of talking to them and being constructive and, yeah, maybe offering, having to put in a consequence for an action that the child had done, but shaming their choice or their decision or their actions or whatever, it just creates this need for secrecy. Mm. And then kids, as they get older... You know, they go from doing little things as 12-year-olds to these massive things as teenagers to these giant things as adults. And we have this overwhelming need to just, if I even remotely feel like somebody isn't going to like this, then I have to hide it. And just this overwhelming shame about whatever, you know. But it becomes such a huge problem as to, and then people... It, and it leads to a bunch of different addictions. It leads to social media addiction. It leads to alcohol addiction. It leads to drugs. It leads to porn addictions. It leads to all this stuff. And it all goes back to how you were parented. Did your parents give you constructive criticism? Or did they shame you into making you feel like you were unnatural? Your desires or your way you're thinking were unnatural where you're just, like, you're not what they thought you were going to be. You're not, that wasn't expected. Instead of just allowing you to be a person and explaining why, hey, that was wrong. Don't do that. They make you feel like there's something wrong with you. And so now you don't want to talk to them. And then when you're a teenager and you're in your, your rebellious teenager stage and whatever else, now they don't understand why you won't talk to them about anything. Just, there's a there's a heavy mistrust because yeah there's, there's a mistrust yeah. that was a big thing with my parents and my mom we had to talk about this a while back where she was like i just don't understand why you wouldn't talk to me about stuff i was like well because you shamed me mm. when i was younger and i legitimately felt like i could not talk to you because all you were going to do was shame me again and i didn't want that so i just hid it from you because it was easier yeah it's easier to hide it under your bed, you know, yeah. push the, push the dirty laundry under the bed and, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, we all know I hate cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to kind of speak to a moment too and get really real. Um, I was thinking about this episode yesterday when I was at work and I actually kind of started, I was, I was by myself 
when I was thinking about this episode, I actually started tearing up um, about this subject because I was going through a really, 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 really dark time. Um, and I worked at this movie store. I was living in the sub- living in Durant. I was working at this movie store at the time. And I would have to drive back and forth to Bonham. It was like a 45-minute drive. And it was the worst 45-minute drive of my entire life every day because it was 45 minutes of me sitting there nonstop. I'm talking nonstop sobbing. And, and you know when you get into that space of where, like, you're frozen, like you just sweat and you cry and you sweat. And it was just every day was this 45 minutes of just nonstop crying. And I would have these, I would have these podcasts going that, you know, trying to speak positively, like past, you know, pastors on and talking about how you're going to overcome this and this and that. I'm just like, I was just like in my head screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Because in that time I was just in, the world's worst just abyss and there wasn't a a podcast there wasn't a sermon there wasn't a song there wasn't a lyric that could get me out of it there was nothing and even in that time my own faith i felt like my own faith was just absent and i remember just a full week of this it was horrible and then I remember one day, I can't make this up. I remember just one day driving, driving to work like a normal day, this 45 minute drive. And I didn't cry. This 45 minute, I didn't cry. I didn't have one thought. And I remember in that moment thinking, how did I get from that to the, like, I would, I would have to go outside and change the sign on the movie store. That was one of my jobs. I hated it. I remember <laughs> one time I went out there, was changing the sign in the movie store, and I just couldn't stop crying because I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my situation. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I would wait till the movie store would be empty, and I remember I would just sit at that counter and just like cry, you know. And I remember just that one time that I didn't cry for a full day at my shift. And I just kind of I want to I want to to speak to the people that are listening to this. And you might have those drives right now. You might be in the middle of one of those drives right now where you can't stop thinking about your situation. You're thinking, how am I going to get out of this rut? How am I going to this hole? That isn't my fault. It's not your fault. And even if you did make a bad decision that got you there, is there really? any really freedom in blaming yourself and keeping you there because that whole week i think that was the most therapeutical and most healing week and it really brought in perspective just how literally just how in an instance how broken we can become. And it really kind of just humbles you. It does. Because you're like, you're on top of the world. You have your whole, you know, life together. And, and, and 
things are going great, and then it's just one situation can can decimate that entire outlook. Just completely derail it. And I just want to speak to people that are having that derailing week. And is not maybe does not feel like this. And you're gonna you're you're not thinking this at all, but when you look back at it, it will become the most amazing week of your life and the most amazing time of your life because in that pain you learn so much about yourself yeah you learn so much about how you carry it how you handle it i was what i watched a movie and, and in the movie he says the character says don't rush the pain you know don't try to skip over that process because if you skip it you skip a whole massive lesson yeah you do and I was in a deep, deep depression of that week. I was, I, and it, it was not easy. That week didn't just last that week. That week was the worst week in my life. But it got better. And it only got better because I went through that pain. And I just want to give people hope, you know, that you might be sitting in your car right now. And, and, and you can't get out of your situation. You're, you're, you're just broken. You don't know where to go. You don't know who to call. The phone's not ringing. People aren't answering. You know, you, you go through those times where you call every single friend in your contact list and they do not pick up. I think that's, for me, that's, that's like the, worst the sign of God life. being like, you, you don't need that right now. You yeah. just need this solitude, this, you know, this whole. And, and I felt like Joseph when he was put in that pit and – he had nobody, he had no friends. He didn't have a phone to call. He didn't reach out, you know, hey, bail money, you know, <laughs> like, you know, he didn't have that. And you might be in that rut, in that pit. Stop and think about, you know, that pain. And I'm, I'm not saying dwell on it, but don't rush it. Let it, you know, let this process happen. But then at the same time, start your battle plan how you're going to get out of it right you know i was you know i was thinking about i was going to a counselor at the time i was going to church you know every week i made sure i was in church every week i had the right people in my contacts that i need to call when i was struggling you know so have the battle plan but also don't don't try to rush don't try to skip through this part of your life because you might you know one day you'll be in my position sharing that story yeah. You know, and I'm so happy that I went through it. I was, and it sounds so backwards and, and <laughs> ironic, but I'm so happy I went through it because now I had, I can share it with somebody who do have those 45 minute drives that are the worst thing in the world. Or, or, or maybe you're sitting in that, that apartment, you know, and, and you just are complete disarray. There is hope and it, it, it's, it seems like it's absent at that time, but it's not. But I just, I felt like I needed to share that since, you know, we are talking about this, the sensitive topic, you know, and, and don't be afraid to, to reach out to somebody. Don't be afraid to, you know, I mean, I remember just, I literally, not joking, pulled into a counselor's office one day when we were, living in Durant, I had no idea why. 
I just felt this instinct of like, you need to go talk to somebody. And I pulled into this counselor's office. And I walked in and I said, hey, I need to talk to somebody. Dead serious. And they're like, okay, let's talk. You know, we scheduled an appointment and, we, and I got in there and started talking to a counselor. And it's just, it's, I'm not, not everybody is like that. Not yeah. everybody can have that. But I was scared too. You know, I, there was a point where I had to take off, you know, the mask, the cape, you know, as much as I like to think I am a superhero. <laughs> um, no, but you have to take off that, that cape and, and we all do, you know, we're not, we're not immune to these, these feelings, especially today. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's 10 times harder. Yeah. Um, and we go through loss. We go through heartbreak we go through separations you know we go through loss of jobs a loss of relationships that means so much to us and they mean the world to us and and i i know what that feels like even you know jesus himself feels like that i mean in the, all in one he had to he got betrayed by a friend his friends left him he had to carry a cross uh and hang on that cross he's he's felt all that there's people that have felt that and you know, you're, you know, and the basis of this all is just, you know, you're loved. And there are people that love you. You know, there's people that, that do care about you. And, you know, so I guess, um, do you have any last minute thoughts or anything you want to share? Maybe uh, any notes or anything that stuck out to you? I know we... <laughs> What, baby? Here? No, Emmett's not here. Okay. No, you're not going outside. Good boy. That's her. <laughs> that's your mini me. <laughs> that's my mini me. Um, you know, not really. Um, there's definitely a lot more oh, just yeah. in my notes that we could touch on, but honestly, maybe we could look forward to a part three one day look forward to a part three <laughs> yeah because this i mean yeah. like like they said the subject is so broad and it, and it reaches out in so many angles and spectrums um you know and then i kind of want to share this too i i had my the opportunity to volunteer with uh afsp a couple weeks ago and it was it was great because i learned so much new information i learned got to meet so many people and um you really don't know until you get out there and you really see how big of this kind of thing just this dome really covers you yeah. know um and it can happen in an instant or it happens over it, it just it you know just people happens. you know it, we can't really pinpoint it but what's most important is that there are resources and there 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 are people out there that that specialize you know i don't have a background degree in a psychology or counseling but i do know what a bad day looks like yeah, I do know what a, a broken heart looks like, and I do know what you know that dark cloud is. And so, just knowing and and being there is basically seventy five percent of it. Being, you know, being there uh, yeah. for that person, and even if it's a complete stranger, you know, I'm trying to get better at that. Is checking on the person, even if it's just like something, you know, standing in line at a you know, a restaurant or something, just carrying on a conversation just really a little bit. I'm horrible at it, but yes, I don't like, I don't want to talk to people. I'm just like, I, I get this kind of sense too when I'm in line, when I'm next to somebody that kind of needs 
to hear something or need somebody just to check in on them, you know? And yeah. So, but that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Like I said, if you need to talk to somebody, if you need to reach out, um, I'll post in the description box the number and the uh, um, websites. But until then, guys, thank you so much for joining. Thank you to my best friend for joining me in this conversation. It's so hard to, <laughs> it's so hard to uh, go over this topic uh, alone, you know. Yeah. So thank you for doing this with me again. And um, you're welcome. But uh, Guys, like I said, follow on Spotify, rate the episode, and uh, we will check back in uh, next week. I'll be here next week. We have a special guest on. Um, I have another special guest on next week, so I can't wait for that uh, episode. But until then, you are loved. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. Bye.